This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Hello, welcome to Premier League Daily, seven days a week, the only podcast that focuses on the greatest football league in the world. I'm Niall McCorn, and in the studio with me today to go through all the big talking points in the Premier League, we've got Steve McNaughton. Hello, Hi, Steve. Hi, mate. How are you? We've got Stefan Armstrong. Now then, how's it going? Back from a trip to Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yeah. It was eye-opening. Was it good? Do you know what? It's, it, you've got to go there with open mind, open heart. Um, yeah, it was all right, yeah. Got a bit of football when I was out as well. You've not come back with three arms. You're not green. <laughs> no, he's currently growing three. He's got four ears. Yeah. <laughs> well, he is Stay from... away from me, mate. I grew up in Cumbria, though, so Sellafield. <laughs> Just normal, isn't it? Just Plenty normal. Plenty of extra body parts. <laughs> That's Marley Anson you can hear over there as well. Hello, Marley. Hello. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about Manchester United versus Chelsea. I don't think too many people would have predicted 4-0 to United, but certainly it was a baptism of fire for Frank Lampard in his first game in charge in the Premier League of Chelsea. What did Frank Lampard learn? What did Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gain from his new signings? Also, how we feel the newly promoted sides fared. Only Sheffield United got a result, albeit against an easier side in Bournemouth, whereas Aston Villa played Spurs and Norwich faced off against Liverpool. And talking of Liverpool, a young Liverpool fan ran into a lamppost while chasing Mo Salah's car and ended up getting a picture of him with blood all over his face, the young lad. So I want to ask you a bit later in the podcast, which gives you a bit of time to think about it. What player would you have ran into a lamppost for as a kid? So have a little think about that one. Why as a kid? I'll do it now. (laughs) Okay, we we could do one as an adult if you really want. (laughs) Anyway, starting off on Premier League Daily, I want to talk about Frank Lampard. Yeah. It was a tough, tough start to his managerial career as a Premier League manager, losing 4-0 to Manchester United, but... Will the Chelsea fans be disappointed with the style of play? Are there positives to take out of it despite the scoreline? I, th- I think they'll take some positives out of it. I thought they were, they were in that game for, for you know periods of time. I thought they were unlucky. Obviously, they struck the woodwork. I thought, you know, when I looked at the team that Lampard played, you know, he gave uh, youth a chance with it and he put some of them kind of lads that have done jobs for him previously in the team. And I think the only surprise for me really is that Kante was on the bench. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, unless he was injured, mm. I would have started with Kante, really. I think he apparently was carrying a knock. Was he? Well, fair enough, yeah. I thought, yeah, come on. And, uh, and Pulisic on the on the bench as well, I thought he might have started, being as he was quite a big money signing, and he's had a full pre-season under his belt as well and got out there early doors. But I think that they'll look at it, and I think that some of the experienced players like Aspilicueta, who didn't show up yesterday, um, you know, the likes of Pedro are quite... A, quiet game as well but relatively inexperienced Chelsea team I would have thought but the stuff they can take from that with a little bit of tweaking and settling on a formation that suits them I think they can kind of go through the season and not be beat 4-0 by many teams I have to apologise for the awful drilling oh, noise you can hear in the it? background yeah, we're it's just a... drilling into the weekend's <laughs> details aren't we guys <laughs> I love it uh, it's more it's drilling than West Ham got a firm on <laughs> City on Saturday, Saturday that, morning it's it? actually Frank Lampard trying to drill into the studio <laughs> yeah, to, set, yeah. to set the record straight um, what about United then Stefan because two new signings in Aaron Wan-Bissaka uh, and Harry mm. Maguire started the game Dan James came off the bench and scored a goal uh, for Ole Gunnar yeah. Solskjaer's side. I mean, how much of an improvement did they look from the end of last season where they lost 2-0 at Old Trafford to Cardiff City? Yeah, it was positive for United. I thought they grew in confidence quite quickly. The first 40 minutes, I thought Chelsea were on top, to be honest. Mm. And Frank Lampard, I think, will be a little bit disappointed about they've come away with a 4-0 loss. I mean, that's unbelievable. That's a big, big scoreline for how the game actually it, it went if you watched it. Game, was it wasn't it at, at all, no. no. Um, hit the woodwork twice as well. So, yeah. Manu, though, I, I thought they, they played their part. I think um, after the second goal went in, they grew in confidence. Yes. I think it helped that Harry Maguire had a good debut. It helped that uh, James came on and scored on his debut. It was all good news. Um, that's perfect start for Man United, to be honest. Are they gonna Are they gonna beat Chelsea four nil next time they play each other or any other top four teams? No, I think it's a bit of a one off, but they've got to be chuffed. Yeah, Maguire yeah. was a monster for him yeah, yesterday as well. Yeah. To be fair, yeah, uh, and the break was was scintillating for Manchester United. Although it was a mistake, the the third goal only seventeen seconds after yeah, the the second yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but on the break, United did look promising, Marley, didn't they? Yeah, they were they were very good in the break, but I think. That, that first 20 minutes, Chelsea, when it was nil-nil, Chelsea were like all over United. When United got it in Chelsea's half, they struggled because Chelsea were sitting there saying, go on, break us down. And they had, like, United didn't have any any cut. Like, they couldn't cut through the defence at all. They were mm. lacking ideas. It, was, it wasn't great. And then when Chelsea started to play and started to attack... As soon as that ball got turned over, that's where United are strong. They've got so much pace on the on the yeah, flanks now, with, yeah. with Martial uh, and mm. Rashford. And Pereira's got a great delivery from the right. It took me half an hour to notice Pereira was even on the pitch, but when he got the ball... I didn't even notice was it, was it was the second goal was across from Pereira, Yeah, the cross it? was fantastic. Poor from Athliqueta, though. For a player that's been so consistent for Chelsea over the years, I thought he played yeah. really badly. Yeah, he had a terrible day. He, he got was... a lot of stick on Sky yesterday. Do you, know what I think, do you know what I think that was, though? I think he's the centre-backs at Chelsea now are completely different to what they were last season like Christensen and Zuma they didn't play at all for Chelsea last season no. Christensen was completely ignored by Sarri Zuma was away on loan at Everton and as Billy Quetta had Rodiga and David Luiz alongside him so mm. playing if you put him you put him in a completely different back four and he also had that thing of like Rashford wasn't tracking him back at all in the first half as Billy Quetta. so he got quite a bit of room in that first half and then eventually Rashford came into the game Give us Piliquetta a problem because he started United starting to have a bit more of the ball, and then he was like in trouble because he was thinking, "Do I do I follow?" Because as Piliquetta, uh, sorry, David Luiz last season might have dropped off and went with the runner instead. Um, Christensen just sort of let him go in behind him. As Piliquetta had to chase him back for that that third goal, and it was all just a bit of a 
it just it felt like teething problems for, for me with Chelsea yeah, defensively. On that, Going back to your first question, Niall, about Frank Lampard's baptism of fire. Yes. I'd just like to say that I, I said from the very beginning of the uh, of the season, like uh, before it all kicked off, it was a bad idea, Frank Lampard being Chelsea manager. I just want to put that out there now. <laughs> One you know game, what I mean? Though. One I thought game. they played good football though but, for an hour and Frank Lampard did come out after the game and said... You know, for an hour we were good. We had individual mistakes. Zuma was very clumsy for the penalty, oh, and rash. he could have yeah, got sent off. Terrible. I thought the amount of fouls he gave away. Mm. Aspilicueta wasn't particularly good. They hit the post through Abraham. They hit the bar through. I think Emerson hit the crossbar. Yeah. So I mean, they did have their chances, and for an hour they did play some good football. It was just that final third they couldn't break through. Would 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 a more experienced manager have put out a different side against I think so. against Man United at Old Trafford yeah. first game of the season where you don't want to lose four 0 Maybe probably. I think so, yeah. I think when you look at the Chelsea team yesterday, there is some certainly eyebrow-raising selections in there. And I think, you know, Aspilicueta and Zoom are the ones who got fours out of ten yesterday off everyone. And I think yeah. Who's the two young lad up front for Chelsea? Mason Mount? Or Mason so? Mount plays in behind. I, I, thought he looked, right. I thought he looked pretty tasty, him. Yeah, I thought he was good. decent. Mount was, was OK, yeah. Um, he's not but, particularly strong, but he'll get that. He'll learn the physicality of the Premier yeah, League quickly. Yeah. He'll tweak it. He'll, he'll tweak it. He'll get it to his specification and he'll find a formation that suits them. And I think... I expect them to be top six still. They might be able to knock that, you know, sneak into that fourth position. But bad day at the office, bad team selection, and I think lots for Frank Lampard to think about. Yeah. Who would you have put in the team then? Who would you have changed if you were Frank Lampard? Stefan, you're saying you probably want a more experienced side. I mean, who do you pick if you're Lampard? What would you have gone with? Uh, well, the centre midfield, he didn't have Kante stand. I know he had a knock, but I think they're saying he, if, if he's fit enough to play half an hour, then play, play him for as much of a game as he yeah, can possibly play him for. I'd have tried um, to get 60 minutes out of was, was, it, was it Marcos Alonso as well? Was he carrying a knock or was he just a bit tired? I don't know. He's Why didn't he shit, play? He's really? <laughs> but he's, he's experienced though, isn't he? I would have played him. Yeah, but he can't defend. In a back four, he's, he's hopeless. He really is. As a wing back, he's great because he can cross it and everything, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Do you, you know, know what? Man? I'm glad they didn't start Giroud because he's he's the most boring footballer in my opinion. So I'm happy yeah, they didn't go down that He's route. quite good at holding the ball up, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's and I think bringing players it, in. He yeah. would have probably caused more problems for for United centre halves than than what Tammy Abraham would have done yesterday. And I think I'd try to he get the post. Yeah, he started yeah. brilliantly, Abraham. Yeah. I mean, Lampard brought Giroud off the bench, didn't he, towards yeah. the end of the game? Uh, why isn't Mitchy Batshuayi getting a look in for Chelsea? Because he scores goals as well. Why? Yeah, it must, there must be something going on there, surely, because he keeps going out on loan, and they're not loans to like Vitesse Arnhem or some yeah, bottom, Dortmund, some, right? some bottom Valencia, table, Dortmund. yeah, some bottom table Bundesliga club. Crystal they're genuinely, Palace, yeah. I mean, you're getting big moves, big loan moves. <laughs> yeah. These teams. Well, he smashed it at Dortmund, didn't he? He did well at Palace as well. Yeah, and I think he's, it's the he, was, League, he was drilling them. Still... And in the Conte, oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get a lamppost pun in. I'll, I'll be impressed. <laughs> we'll challenge him to do that. Yeah, that'll be a that. challenge. Um, but you know, he scored the goal under Antonio Conte that won in the Premier League a couple of years ago. Yeah. So I mean, he's shown that he can score. It's just for me, there must be something there. Maybe it just doesn't suit Lampard's style of play or what. Mm. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. But what about Manchester United? Just quickly going back to them, they, they do look like they've made an improvement in defence, albeit after one game. Wan Bissaka is he exactly the sort of player they need, along with Maguire? I think it suits yeah. the modern Premier League game as a, as a right back, really, because what what they're after now is is the right backs that can get up and, and left backs that can get up and down the pitch that kind of are going to you know put in a lot of assists and kind of get them moving when they're kind yeah. of pe- pegged back in. So I think Wan Bissaka is that epitomises that kind of modern, he's a flying fullback. Full back, yeah, he, he yeah. was a train driver in a former lifetime, up and down, up and down. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think yeah, I'm, I, I'm that, a fan. That's of what it, Liverpool yeah. did so well with their sign, especially Robertson. Yeah, they're just trying to anyway that really. Although they had yeah. a shock on Friday night to Perm, so. I think, 
I think Wan Bissaka, like what what we look at now is we're so used to seeing fullbacks that attack better than they defend. Wan Bissaka is an exception to the rule. He defends brilliantly. Mm-hmm. He's attacking like he's crossing and he's getting forward. Needs a little bit of work. But for me, as a fullback, I think it's better to be good defensively before you're good attacking. Yeah. I mean, it's almost rare now to see. Yeah, it's almost rare now to see fullbacks who defend first and foremost. Yeah. most of them bomb on. Uh, Ironically, call... Aspilicueta is probably the other one in yeah. the league that you'd mm. say he's great defensively. I mean, they call him. Shocker, they so. call him Spider, don't they, Wan Bissaka? Because oh, it's, like, it's like he's got eight legs because <laughs> yeah. he's always sticking his foot in to try and win the ball back. Anyway, that's a little bit on Manchester United for Chelsea nil. What a first result of the season for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. If you're a Manchester United fan, get involved with the show. Let us know what you think at the Sports Social on Twitter. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Time for a short break now, but afterwards we'll be talking about the newly promoted sides in the Premier League and how they fared this weekend. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Welcome back to Premier League Daily. Niall McCorn here in the studio with me. We've got Steve McNaughton, we've got Stefan Armstrong, we've got Marley Anderson, and I'm going to ask the gents about the newly promoted sides into the Premier League this season. The only team that picked up a result is the one that everyone was tipping to go straight back down. Mm. Basement boys, rock bottom, although they did play against Bournemouth, whereas Norwich played against Liverpool and Aston Villa played against Spurs. We'll talk about those two games, but first let's talk about Sheffield United. We asked whether Billy Sharp was capable of stepping up He's and scoring the goal. <laughs> He's not, one of our own! <laughs> let's not go there. Billy Sharp scored uh, in well, AFC, he, he, AFC Bournemouth 1, Sheffield United 1. If you want a good start, obviously a win would have been ideal for Chris Wilder at Sheffield United, but you cannot turn your nose up at a point in your first Premier League game. No. Well, he, he fumbled it. In. I wouldn't say he scored. He, he somehow managed to pick up the ball and carry it across the line like a try. But I, I, I thought it was quite a good game. I've not had the benefit of seeing it yet. It, it was all right. Yeah. I, do you know what? We say just Bournemouth, but like it's quite a difficult place to go, especially if you're newly promoted. We've seen a lot of big teams go down to Bournemouth, and it's a small stadium. It's far away from a lot of people. Chelsea got done four 0 yeah, last say. season. Okay. Exactly. It's a bit so, of a occurring. Chelsea getting done four 0 every. Yeah. Well, well, well played. I, I don't know. Time will tell with Sheffield United, but it was a decent start. No, they're going down. They're going down. Do, do they're going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course they are. Ah, yeah. oh, come on. It would be amazing if they proved oh, everyone wrong. Absolutely, yeah. And we welcome you know that happening. But I just think, nah. You know, when when you look at the team, the players that they've signed, I think it's a, it's a it's a tall order, should we say? What about Norwich then? Because although they were pumped four-one by Liverpool, they did have their moments, Steve. I thought that that Norwich caused us a few problems in the first half. I think defensively, Liverpool weren't at, at the races on Friday night. Um, Van Dijk was getting quite frustrated with, with with the defenders around him because they weren't kind of you know holding the line and they weren't kind of moving together and they were trying to do their own thing. That's rustiness that will come good. But I thought Norwich at one point when we went four 0 up, I thought it's going to end up being seven this or something like that. Uh, but they come into it and they won the second half one nil. And um, I think that's what's going to happen for Norwich quite a lot of the time this season because they're going to try and be expansive they're going to try and get the ball on the ground and play around teams and I think a lot of teams will just pick them off but the biggest I mean routine win as we predicted on the podcast last week but obviously gutted that Alisson is injured no jokes <laughs> no jokes you can see it on his face <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. well it. you look at it you know, and Adrian come in not his fault but you think you know, he could have done a bit better on the goal, really. It's a lot of fancy teams Simon, ruined. Simon Mignolet thought. You know, he's, he sat on the bench all last season. He goes away, he gets to move back to Belgium. Got and it. then Alisson gets Got injured it. straight away and he's like, for f***'s sake, and I'm he's, in Belgium. And he's kept two clean sheets for, uh, for Bruges as well. Has he? Yeah. 
There you go. How, so, many, how many crosses has he flapped at? Come back, all is forgiven. But no, Norwich Norwich will be the other team, I, um, definitely. I think Norwich played the same as they played last season. And last season, obviously, they were the best team in the league, probably. Um, well, and, they won the league. Well, so. yeah. But, but, <laughs> that's usually what happens. Well, great insight from Stefan there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I mean, um, it kind of reminds me of some other teams that uh, got promoted and played their own football. Um, Blackpool kind of did that a little bit. When they came up, they just stuck to their own game. If you're playing Liverpool you'd expect to go super defensive, part of a bus and try and get something off a break. But Norwich didn't really do that. It didn't work for them, but I quite like it. Yeah, they've got to be a bit more solid, I think. And they've got to choose the moments because certainly in the big games, if you look at uh, who they're going to come up against week in, week out, and there's probably a good kind of 15, 16 teams you'd expect to take points off them. It's same yeah. for Aston Villa, though. I thought, I thought they played their own game against yeah. Tottenham and, I, I, and did well yeah. for, for periods of the game as well. And I think Villa will be OK across the season. I thought uh, they, they've gone big in the market. They've signed a load of players, but I think it'll be enough to keep them up, me just. Well, Norwich have got Newcastle United next. Aston Villa at Is that home. at Carroll Road? That's at Carroll Road. That's a Aston, home win, that. Aston Villa at home to <laughs> Heavy home win. Bournemouth. Sorry, uh, home and Sheffield win. United have Crystal Palace uh, next Sunday. They're also at home. So all three promoted sides, all at home. That would be huge for them to get their yeah. first three points of the season. Let's focus a little bit more on Aston Villa, as we said. They've made 12 new signings. Was it always going to be a concern, Marley, whether they could all integrate into the side so soon? Yeah. In, in okay, a thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the issue for them. Um, yeah, yeah which is why I'm not a manager. Dean, <laughs> Dean Smith's problem. On to the lamppost question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean... All the, the signings need to gel, and funnily enough, it was two players that had been there last season that they got the goal. Um, you talk about you know the the amount of like good footballers they've brought in, so they'll, they'll play sort of a decent, you know, keep the ball kind of way. And it was literally just a massive lump up the field from Tyrone Mings, and it bounced in behind. And John McGinn finished it really well. That's what well. twenty million he gets you. Great job, yes. didn't he? And you 20... criticised him where I said that's a decent signing. Who Mings? Yeah, <laughs> twenty million for I'm a long ball. It's him, an expensive long ball. That you'll get in the England squad by the end of the oh, season. Oh, it's beautiful. You. Sam Allardyce was loving it from a touchdown. Yeah. Um, John McGinn signed a new contract, which is almost as valuable as having a, a new signing. When you've got a player that's consistent and, and can find the net. Um, scoring a lot more goals than I think anyone ever thought he would. John McGinn needed a huge contract when he hit that sweet volley last season when he smacked that one in from uh, 25 yards on the volley and it crashed in off the bar. That was absolutely mint. I thought, oh, this, this guy's one of them that scores really good goals but isn't necessarily the best player but he does look a decent decent prospect. He was linked with Man United in the summer as well. An- another top quality yeah. export from the SPL, I might add. John, oh, John McGinn was linked with Man United in John, summer. John McGinn was no. The, the rumor briefly, was that the rumor was that Alex Ferguson rated him, and Alex Ferguson suggested that uh, John McGinn should go to Man United. Fair <laughs> he also said Phil Jones would be the best ever Man United player. So even and, the great ones make yeah. mistakes. And he signed Bebe and Obertan, <laughs> Eric Jemba Jemba, David Bellion, Cleverson. Anymore? Uh, and Cristiano. Anymore. Anymore. Oh shit! No, We're no, on a roll. Maybe not Cristiano. Oh, Anyway, let's talk about young Liverpool fan Louis Fowler, who was chasing Mo Salah's car out of the training ground, trying to get a picture with his favourite Liverpool player. In doing so, he didn't really look where he was going and ran smack bang into a lamppost and smashed his face in and there's blood all over his face. Fair play to Mo Salah, though, who heard about this and actually drove to the lad's house and had a photo with him. The poor kid looks like he's got tears in his eyes. He's got blood all over his face. <laughs> Why has no one wiped the blood off this lad's face? It's ridiculous. It wasn't, it wasn't blood. It was tomato sauce. It, it did before Mo came round. It's a blood capsule like they do in the films. <laughs> it says here, the Reds fan fell and busted his nose, according to his stepfather. They were gobsmacked when Salah soon turned up at their home to check on young Louis's condition. So that's why I asked you at the top of the show, 
What footballer, when you were eight, nine years old, would you have ran into a lamppost for trying to get a picture with? Probably would have been Rochelle Dalglish for me. Really? Liverpool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back I a few am, years there, Steve. Well, you know, as the, uh, the <laughs> elder they, statesman in the room, you know. What were they chasing a Ford Cortina? You'd probably cut it. Yeah, <laughs> a, a Granada or something like that. But um, yeah, they they were the the ones then. But there was a bit more mystique about footballers back then because it was before the dawn of social media and following on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So it was uh, when you seen them, it was a big deal. Like, and, you know, mm. but yeah, they, they would have been the two. And also it was that era where, where footballers would often mingle in, in sort of the boozers and stuff and yeah. drinking culture was a big part of football back then, wasn't yeah. it? Where you... 10 pints before the Merseyside derby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we know why Graham Souness was such a bad tackler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stefan, what about you? Is there any players that maybe spring to mind? When well, I, when this I is that? one of the only questions that I've actually really prepared for. So I've written 11 names down here. 11? Oh, oh, a team of footballers that <laughs> you chase I've after. A whole team okay, of if Stefan was chasing after a team coach <laughs> yeah you're going to be busted by the time by the time you get to meet all these honestly I've I've chosen all the classics people like Raul Batistuta Giovanna Elba you know the old Bayern Giovanni Munich player Elba. love Giovanni <laughs> Elba he, he was the striker of my childhood right Jesus. but the one I'm going for is um, Ravinelli Wow. The Middlesbrough guy, Ravinelli. just just because what a character, you know. Would you, I mean? would you have had the uh, shirt over your head and then run into a lamppost? Is that why? Hey, Ravinelli, Ravinelli, Ravinelli. <laughs> oh, he was he was a class act. Then uh, hat trick on his debut against Liverpool as well in the Premier League. Amazing, yeah. because you, you don't really want pictures with like the best people, do you? Because no. if you put that on your social media and that, people are oh, a bit snide, isn't it? You want pictures with the funniest people, and mm. I think Ravinelli would be the funniest. Yeah, Marley. What are you going with? Me, well, as a, long, as a young Newcastle fan, I would have obviously ran through heaven and earth to get Alan Shearer's picture or signature or whatever it was. Um, but I did actually run into a lamppost once when I was a kid. <laughs> and if any, I'll give you all three guesses. Who who was I chasing? One, so one guess each. Um, Ronan Keaton. Nope. I think it would have been someone like Faustino Asperia. Oh, it's a good, it's a good one, but it's not quite. It is a footballer, right? Newcastle nope, player. it's not, not a footballer. footballer. I'll tell you, Barry Chuckle. No, oh, not that far off. Paul, not that <laughs> was far it? Uh, Dave Benson Phillips from uh... get, get your own back. <laughs> get your own back, Mr. I'll... Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you out your misery. It was Postman Pat, <laughs> was it? Oh, God. <laughs> I was in, I was in the Metro Centre, and I was holding my uh, mum or dad's hand, and I was uh, walking one way but looking the other. And then as I turned around, I went bang, smack straight into a lamppost, got a black eye and everything. And did Postman Pat come back and get a photo with you? Uh, not that I remember. I was oh, semi-conscious yeah. inside, to be honest. <laughs> no, um, for me, it would probably be Brazilian Ronaldo. Oh, what he a guy. Was, oh, he, yeah, yeah. Him or Pavel Nedved were my two probably favourite yeah. players. Niall, did, were you one of, the, one of the kids who got like the Ronaldo R9 boots as well, you know, the silver ones? I, I didn't. Did I you didn't. have the Ronaldo 2002 World Cup haircut? I didn't. I, did, <laughs> I definitely didn't. I don't think my hair would have grown back. I would never have shown my face in public again. Uh, no, it was just the, uh, the 2002 World Cup was the first World Cup that I really you know, vividly remember. And him and Rivaldo up front yeah. so I used to do mm. Ronaldo's my favourite but Rivaldo used to take his shirt off and swing it around his head yeah. that was kind of his celebration well, Rivaldo did that annoying sort of I've been hitting oh, the face oh, against, against Turkey, Turkey yeah, yeah really annoying yeah. So, so I mean I remember that and then I actually had the Predator Mania boots back then back in the day you know the old Beck- Beckham yeah. ones with yeah. like the white sort of they like 
curling pads or whatever they had on the instep. Yeah, yeah. I remember then the old Predators. That's the boots I had. But no, Ronaldo for me. I I still think he's underrated. Oh, I think he's probably the greatest of all time. And I can prove it because he did that advert in the airport for Nike, which was just the greatest advert of all time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. What a perfect way to end the podcast. Thank you very much, Steve. Thanks, Stefan. Thanks, Marley. This has been Premier League Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss another episode. Every single day, we'll be bringing you a brand new show. Follow us on social media as well. You can find us at The Sports Social across many platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Don't forget to leave a review as well. Make sure you subscribe and we'll see you tomorrow. Premier League Daily from Sports Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss an episode. I love my club. Every match, the manager, every player who's pulled on the shirt. Don't just talk to me about football. Talk to me about my one and only. I love my club, but I don't love them up the road. Listen to daily smart speaker updates for your Premier League team and your team only with Sports Social. Get closer to the club you love. Ignore the ones you don't. Just say, Alexa, enable Sports Social and choose your team. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.